0: My name is Sean Tipping. I'll be your host today. Today, uh, we're going to talk about 10 things that you can do with a little bit of free time that you might have on your hands these days. Um, Obviously, it's pretty crazy times out there right now. Our industry has been deemed essential, uh, which in some ways I view as a good thing. Uh, Maybe other ways, not so much, Um, but even though... We have been deemed as essential. The problem that at least I'm seeing in a lot of shops that I've been going to in the last couple of weeks is just because we are open doesn't mean that we're busy because everyone else or a large majority of the rest of the economy is shut down. Now, workers are laid off. Workers are working from home and you know, people just aren't driving as much, Um and of course, there's a reason behind that, and I'm not really here to talk about the whole virus thing. I am far far from a medical professional <laughs> to have any sort of uh real informed opinion on on any of the details of that. But what I do understand is how it's affecting our industry, and the fact of the matter is is a lot of us have a little bit of extra free time on our hands right now, so uh, again, what I thought I'd do with this episode is just give you. 10 different ideas of things you could do to fill your time that's not Netflix binging or day drinking or anything like that, um, but things that we could actually do to make our work life, to make ourselves as technicians uh, more productive once we get back to the real world in a few weeks here. So I'm just going to go through the list and we'll jump right into it Uh, again this is 10 things that you can do during this downtime it's going to help you you be a more productive technician when we get back to the real world so here's number one you can begin documentation of proper repair or diagnostic details so here's what i mean by that Um, we go through a lot of vehicles. All of us work on a number of vehicles, especially if you're in the independent repair world. And even if you're not in a dealership, you see a lot of different stuff. And particularly if you're in the independent aftermarket world, you may see one problem on a specific vehicle once in a year. Heck, maybe even once in two or three years. And If it's a challenging, interesting problem, it might stick with you. You might remember all the details in your head, but there's a good chance that some of those things slip through the cracks of your mind, especially the details. Maybe it was a fix you made on a sensor in a vehicle, and it was a specific voltage level that was off, you know, something uh, was skewed a little bit one direction or another, and Half a volt made the difference. One volt made the difference on this fix. Are you going to remember that exact voltage level a year, two years, three years down the road? Maybe you, maybe you will. Um, I'll tell you, I have some challenges with that. Uh, just with the uh, amount of different vehicles that I work on on a regular basis, remembering all the details is tough. And, of course, that's what we have service info for um, to help us remember some of those details but you can actually document this stuff and have it available for you personally now you can do this on pen and paper and you know some people do just have a notepad keep it with you put it in your toolbox your diagnostic cart, wherever you you know go to for your diagnostic resources um, but you can also do this electronically and i almost prefer this better what i did was i just started a uh Google Docs. So you go into Google, and they have things like Gmail and um, all sorts of different things. But you go into Google Docs, and it's kind of like a Word document. But I just make a page for a specific vehicle. So like, I'll have a page that says... Chevrolet Impala. I'll break it down by years and if I make a particular fix on an Impala that has some detail to it Okay, it's not something really simple. I'm not writing down every single thing I do But maybe it was an interesting problem. Maybe I'm dealing with a specific circuit and a specific voltage level I'll write down the details for the vehicle 2014 Chevy Impala, you know, this sensor was reading this much and this is what fixed it, or these are the symptoms that I had. And I'll just jot down a few sentences, and I'll save it in that Google Doc. And then I can make another one for, uh, you know, a Chrysler, whatever. I can make another one for a Honda Pilot, BMW, whatever it is. I can make as many Google Docs as I need to, and then each one has its own sheet. And the information keeps building and building. Then I can go back and reference that. If I'm Down the road, a couple years from now, and I'm working on something like boy, I know I made this fix before, but I don't remember all the exact details. You can quick pull this up. Actually, I'm I'm pulling it up on my phone. I'm looking at some of them. For instance, I have an Audi in here in my phone that tells me the group number for cam timing. You know stuff like that that I just I don't do often enough to lock it into my memory, but I have that just available to me really quick. You know, I have the Google Docs app loaded on my phone, and it's just quick. And there's probably even better ways to organize it than the way I'm doing it. That's just the way I've chosen. There's probably more efficient ways to look up the information, Um, and I know that all of you out there listening probably come up with an even more efficient way to do this, but the point of this is, is if you haven't started something like this, now is a great time just to get it going, you know, make a, a starting piece of knowledge that you can mold, you can work with, you can add to once you get back into the real world. And you've got the time now, you know, if you make a fix to take the time and add that piece into it. Then for your next one, once you get back to normal life, and it's it's busy, it's it's tough to take the time to do this, but if you start now, kind of build it as a habit. Then once you get back into it, you can keep adding to it as you go. And it's just there to help you remember certain details down the road. So that's number one. Number two, you may already have some, you know, personal documentation of stuff. And one of the most common ways to do that is to have waveforms, okay, scope captures. And a lot of people have a library of scope capture. So number two is to go in and organize your waveform library. And I'll be honest, I'm pretty bad at this. When I'm out in the field and I'm making captures, a lot of times I'm in a hurry and I'm just like click, save, click, save, click, save. I try to put in the details of what I'm doing, but just sometimes I'm just trying to get through it. I'm just like, okay, I need to save that for later. Um, And I'll go back in later and input the details into it. But Having details on the scope capture, and I guess I should say I'm referring to the PicoScope lab scope captures because you can detail a lot of the information, uh, what each channel is connected to, what lead you're using, all the vehicle information, important stuff that you need to know down the road. But also, once you have it saved, um, to actually organize it into different folders. So you could have a General Motors folder, you could have a Chrysler folder, you could have a Honda folder, and you could even break it down from there and go vehicle by vehicle and then so that way if you're working on a particular vehicle you go to your honda file you go to your pilot file and then you have all scope captures from honda pilots that are listed out with the year and the engine and what you were actually capturing with that scope capture and i should say these are typically known goods sometimes i'll save a known bad but i really like to try to save the known goods so that i have something to compare it to down the road but now is a great time to go in if you have a waveform library you know if you don't have one starting one is a good idea that's kind of what number one was about But if you have one to go in, kind of tidy it up, clean it up, make it more organized so it's easy to find stuff and you can be more efficient uh, once you get back to the the real world. Everything is organized and ready to go. All right. Number three actually ties into this. Number three is capture known goods. All right. Some of us are really good at this. Some of this, some of us may be not so good at this um, to actually take the time to capture known goods. Um, I talked about this a little bit with Matt Fonslow that, you know, we're not necessarily getting paid to make captures of known good vehicles, vehicles without problems, um, but there's such a huge benefit to it when you do run into a problem if you have a known good to compare it to. So how do we do this right now if we're not busy? Well, we have the time, but do we have the vehicles? And that can be the challenge, of course. If your shop's dead, there's nothing to actually make a capture of. But um, my guess is there's something coming into the shop, and what a better time just to hook up and make a few captures of some things that you think you might need down the road, like a cam and crank reference, you know maybe some particular sensors stuff like that Uh, things that you can use down the road Uh, it's it's not a bad idea to take that time now and make that known good capture so that you can save it into your uh, library and have it for use later number four is to practice little used techniques. So what I mean by this is uh, there may be some techniques, some processes that you use throughout your career that maybe you just don't use them that often. For me, this is secondary ignition waveforms. I use them, but quite honestly, not enough. And I wouldn't consider myself an all-knowing expert on secondary ignition waveforms. I need to practice on those, and I know that. So now would be a good time just to practice with secondary ignition waveforms for me, to observe them, whether it be a known good or maybe I could plant a problem, and really spend the time you know, messing around with this so that I can get better at it. Another thing that's good for a lot of people, testing for parasitic draws. Um, now, if there's not a parasitic draw on the vehicle, Obviously, that's going to be a little challenging, but you could leave something on intentionally, like a light or something, something like that, and actually go through the process of trying to find it. Because a lot of times with a parasitic draw, we don't do those testing methods until it's time to actually try to find that parasitic draw. And I I can tell you The worst thing is questioning your own testing method when you're trying to find a problem. You know, am I doing this right? Can I trust what I'm reading here? What does normal look like? Well, if you've practiced the techniques enough, those questions, you don't really have those questions, but if you don't use them very often, they're obviously going to pop up in your head. So um, again, I think it's a really good idea to take some time now and work on the stuff that you don't have as much experience with, and that could be anything really. Um, There's a lot of stuff that, you know, some some people will do one technique very frequently depending on what they work on. Others may not do that as much, but if you want to get better at it, obviously practicing is the way to go. So number five things we can do to fill up our free time here is updating the software on your scan tool or possibly your laptop or even a scope. Um, So scan tools obviously need to be updated. Now some of these are going to cost money, but sometimes you purchase a scan tool and it has updates for three years for free. And a lot of times you don't want to sit around and update the scan tool. Some people decide to do these once a week or once a month. Um, I know other people, and myself included, sometimes you let this slide. Um, Particularly with, let's give ford as an example here they've had a lot of issues in the last year with their software updates they seem to update one and then there's nothing with problems and so everybody goes back to the version before it and so i i kind of wait to update on fords and maybe that's not the best example but the point is is that not all of my stuff is updated completely all the time but hey now's a good time to do that to actually update your software that you use for your laptops for your scan tools or you know the scan tool software that's on a laptop also Pico 7 is out and You can actually download that and give that a try as well. So they're working on the newest version of PicoScope. And you can download download this for free. Uh, You don't even need to have the scope in order to mess around with it, obviously to be hooked up to a car. But you can run a demo mode. And now that I'm saying that out loud... I'm not 100 percent sure if seven has the demo mode. I imagine they would. Um, as you can tell, I need to download it myself and actually start messing around with it. It's on my list of things to do, uh, which is why I decided to make this podcast episode is because I was like, boy, I got a lot of things that I want to get accomplished over the next couple of weeks. maybe I should share this with everybody. So uh, Pico seven download that's that's on my list. Number six is to research scan tools scopes or other diagnostic equipment Um, a lot of times you know again during real life we're so busy we got so much going on we don't have the time to really dig deep into the reviews and the specs of the equipment that we use or that we may want to use doing the research is huge you know Reading reviews, reading up on the tools that can make our lives easier, that uh, could benefit us as in our diagnostic process. And again, things like scan tools and scopes and meters and test equipment, um, even even repair equipment, even tools. Doing some research on this stuff is so big. And with the Internet nowadays, we have such a powerful tool that we can analyze this stuff before we buy it, before we spend the money. And we can compare so that we know the money that we're spending is well spent. That you know we're not spending $10,000 on a scan tool, on a single one scan tool, when we could have a scan tool, or we could have several scans, scan tools and a scope for the same amount of money and get everything done that that one scan tool could do and more that all comes with research that all comes with reading up what's out there what what its capabilities is and how much it costs you know that's it it's so big to have that internet available to us because i i remember a time where i didn't really research anything i just relied on the tool guy coming in the door and whatever he was selling okay i guess this is it this is what i'll use Um, Not knowing how much other stuff was out there and nothing against tool guys at all in any way But do your research and that'll make a big difference for you uh, as far as how your money spent and the equipment that you use All right number seven uh, review old training manuals. So most of us have been to in-person face-to-face training many, many times and usually get some sort of booklet or training manual along with the class that you take. And me, I take a lot of notes. I jot down stuff in those books uh, so something that something I want to remember or something I want to point out and then you throw it on your shelf and maybe you reference it once in a while uh, if there's something specific you're after. But hey, now's a great time to pick those up off the shelf, dust them off, and just review them. Go through them. You don't have to read it word for word, but go through that information and uh, just sort of make it fresh in your mind. And that way, when you get back to business as usual, uh, you've got a lot of that information ready to go. And you know you can retain that and pull it out quickly when you need it. Number eight kind of goes along with the same theme. Uh, this is to do some online training. Now, of course, uh, this can come with a cost, which is an issue right now for some people because they don't know when they're going to go back to work or what, when work is going to pick up. So there's paid and non-paid, but I'm going to give you some options here Um Actually, if you want the whole picture, um, I'm going to put a link in here to my episode that covered training and where you can find it, both paid and non-paid versions of training. So make sure to check that episode out on training. I will put the link in the show notes for that. But just some quick ones to mention, some of my favorites. Um, Automotive Seminars is uh, John Thornton. And he has uh, two or three videos that you can actually purchase off of that website. Uh, the both of them that I've purchased have been excellent, high quality on uh, in-cylinder pressure transducers and fuel trims. Those are the two I purchased. Great videos. Um, there's Scanner Danner, uh, which, you know, it's 11 bucks a month, so it's not terribly expensive. And he's got 400-plus videos in the library of case studies and classroom lectures. Great, great stuff to review the basics and a little bit beyond as well. Um, But for, you know, 11 bucks, you you can't beat that. And that's a great way to to take up some time uh, learning and gaining knowledge for when we get back to the real world. Also L1 diagnostics. It's Keith Perkins. Uh, He's got a growing library of uh, training videos as well that he does online. If you're subscribed, you can actually join in with the live training every Monday that he does, but you can also look at the library of videos. And he does stuff on J2534, module programming, and also a mobilizer, diagnostics, and repair. So some really, really useful information for working on today's vehicles i highly recommend that as well so all those are paid training and there's other paid training out there those are just uh the three that are at top of mind for me right now um there's also stuff that's free like facebook youtube um obviously you've got to sift through some stuff in order to get to the good information but there are a ton of really good case studies out there if you're wondering on you know which YouTube channels to go to again check out that training episode that I have Uh, I'll put that in the show notes and you can get all the details on where to go there Um, there's also some paid forums that you can be a part of um, like iatn.net and diag.net and tons and tons of information. I'm actually going through Diag.net right now, because I've been so busy the last few months, I I just really haven't had a whole lot of time to do it. And I got a little bit of extra sitting around time now. So. I'm going through diag.net and just going through the case studies and the questions that people have posted and picking up on some good information. So, again, both both those are paid, but uh, I think well worth the money just because of the large amount of information and especially with diag.net the quality information that's in there. Uh, lots and lots of really smart technicians on that website posting some really high level information. So, on to number nine. Number nine is to build a diagnostic cart. If you don't have one, if you're pulling everything out of your toolbox every time you need to use it, uh, that could be killing your productivity. So actually having a diagnostic cart uh, can really make things easy. And a lot of people say I don't like using a scope because I have to pull everything out when I need to use it. Well, if you have a diagnostic cart with maybe a boom set up you can have all your leads and your scope ready to go pretty much at all times and that reduces that time that it takes to pull everything out and put everything back away when you're done you can just have it ready to go so again this might cost you a little bit of money you know to buy a cart maybe to buy a monitor and a little bit of hardware to assemble everything but What better time to actually do it than right now? Because we all know once life is normal, it's tough to find time to do things like this, to fit this in in our busy schedule. Well, if you're sitting around now, uh, what, what a better time to do it? And that brings us to our final on this list, which is number 10. Listen to a podcast. (laughs) Maybe that one's a little self-serving, but um, obviously you're listening to a podcast right now. If you haven't checked out the other episodes uh, that I have out there, uh, go back and do that. Again, great time to do that. But um, beyond this, there are also a ridiculous amount of, an endless amount of podcasts out there, and some of them are really, really good. Um, It's pretty much whatever niche you're into, Uh, there's a podcast about it, probably several, uh, that you can find out there. As far as the automotive goes, um, there is uh, Torque Factor that Scott Brown has put out. He's got a few episodes out uh, with some good information in there. Uh, There's also Remarkable Results uh, by Carm Capriato, and he has a ton, a ton of episodes. And some of those focus more on the uh, management side of things, but there's also a lot of technician-based Uh, episodes in there as well so uh, there's some automotive podcasts beyond that you know take a look through and see what else is out there there's a lot of really good podcasts you can get some good information you know not just about automotive but any area of your life where you're uh, you know looking to learn something or improve Um, obviously there's also just entertainment podcasts as well to keep occupied but uh, tons of them out there so take a look um, see what you can find that's what I've got for you today. So just want to say thank you for listening. Uh, I'm going to be working on getting some actual interviews up here shortly. I'm also going to put out the third part of the three-part series for airflow measurements uh, this week at some point. So there'll be an extra episode this week. Uh, hoping to get uh, interview uh, in the coming weeks here, and we'll keep ro- rolling along. But uh, make sure you check out the Facebook group if you haven't, the website if you haven't. There's going to be links in the show notes for both of those. But other than that, thanks for listening. Have a great day and uh, stay healthy and hopefully stay busy.